106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. And now, Deep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. Today, the business of our work is for the council to report on the work that has occurred since our last meeting across these areas. We will today also discuss the work yet ahead, the work we must still do to continue to move forward. In particular, the work we must do to build a skilled technical space workforce. Well, first of all, let's put this in perspective. Inflation rate month to month was just a, 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 just an inch, hardly at all. You're not arguing that 8.3 is good news. No, I'm not saying it's good news, but it was 8.2 or 8.2 before. I mean, I know the building is burning. Come on, man. I mean, it started in the living room, then it went into the bathroom, then it's in the bedroom, now it's in the kitchen, but there's nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about. But my point is, if you tell middle-class people you're not going to be able to afford to fill up your truck at $7 for diesel fuel. Or you're not going to turn on your air conditioning because it's a sin and we're going to make it 30 kilowatt. And you're going to be on that forklift at 18 and you're going to pay taxes for this guy with a gender studies major at Stanford on his loan forgiveness. Uh, you're playing with fire with, of going after them. And then you keep calling them semi-fascist. So if you stop and think a minute, the President of the United States, between 2009 and 16, Barack Obama said these people clung to their guns. He just ridiculed them. Joe Biden has called them chumps and dregs. Hillary Clinton said they were irredeemables. Over these last 18 months, Democrats have delivered. Let me rephrase that. Over these last 18 months, Democrats have delivered big time. <laughs> Don't laugh. That was the highlight. That was the high point of the speech. And boy, haven't the De Democrats delivered big time. Biggest gas prices, big, big inflation, more than 2 million illegal immigrants crossing the southern border. That's big. And don't forget the dramatic increase in violent crime in Democrat-run cities. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> How about that? And I spoke to the Taliban, the leader, Abdul, and I said, don't ever kill any of our soldiers. Don't ever kill one more soldier. We're going to hit you harder than you've ever been hit before. And we went 18 months without a soldier being killed, without an American being, think of it, without an American being killed in Afghanistan. Not Democrat-run Chicago or New York, but in Afghanistan. A gracious hello. Is this the party to whom I am speaking? <laughs> Mr. Mr. James R. Hoffa? The former 1863321? What, what do you mean, how did I know that? Listen, my bells had your number for a long time. <laughs> now, now listen. Mr. Hoffa, our records show that you made a couple of long-distance calls from the penitentiary. And now that you've paid your debt to society, maybe you'll pay your debt to the phone company. <laughs> what, what, what's, what's that? 
Well, it had to be you. Well, who else would be making calls from the big house to the White House? <laughs> well, look, Jim, you just got out from being up the river. If you fool around with Ma Bell, you're gonna be up the creek. <laughs> Welcome to episode 183 of No Hostages Radio. This is Lou Benninger, your host, and we will be here for a couple hours. Uh, we have six 20-minute clips, or 20-minute segments with some clips in between. So uh, if you're new to us, welcome. Uh, we're broadcasting out of Northern California in Yuba County, and uh, you can reach us. A couple of ways you can dial me up and talk to me sometime or you could text me at 530-713-1838 530-713-1838 you can email me at lou lou at nohostagesradio.com so that's connected to our website where these episodes will be saved as long as well as some articles I write for the Territorial Dispatch up here in Northern California. It's a weekly paper that you can get hard copies in the Yuba Sutter County's area, or you can usually get it online at Yuba Sutter. Sorry, that's not right. It's uh, at territorialdispatch.com. So the last couple times they've been rebuilding that site. So I'll, uh, if you that doesn't work, then you'll just have to, if you're out of state or uh, out of the, you know, away from the counties here that we're in, you'll have to wait on that. But it's a good uh, weekly paper. So I print some articles in there or have some articles in there. If you want to listen to our live show, we do a show Saturday morning. This show comes up usually Saturday morning, uh, once a week. And then we do a live show at KMYC 1410 AM in the Yuba County, Marysville area. So if you're out very far, you're not going to be able to get it unless you get it off the Internet. So you could go to four, KMYC 1410 AM and click on Listen Live. If that doesn't work, you could go to live365.com and click on radio and then put in KMYC, and that should get you a live feed. And actually, uh, Tanner Martis, who puts up our nohostagesradio.com uh, websites has a click uh, a listen live icon over there for KMYC as well so you could try all those or try one if it works great if, if not you can move on to the others so we do a three-hour show over there at uh, KMYC it has some similar information to what we do here but also some some new things because it's live on Saturday and this is uh, being put together on Wednesday evening for uh, this coming uh, Saturday so uh, so you can always reach out to me if you want to send me any, any information. You can send it to me at, uh, as I mentioned, lou at nohostagesradio.com. Uh, I want to mention to you also a website that's a real important website right now for those in Sutter County and Yuba County. There is a, uh, uh, there is a, an election coming up on November 8th here in California. It's a general election, and the Sutter County supervisors are putting on the ballot uh, a measure 
called Measure A to raise the sales tax 1% in Sutter County. What that looks like is if you uh, go out and buy a car for $20,000 anywhere in the world and license it in Sutter County, you're going to pay an extra $200. You just 1% times whatever you're spending or any type of taxable item where you need a license, you're going to be forced no matter where you purchase it you buy a 50,000 or say if you just buy $50,000 worth of vehicles, maybe you buy two vehicles in one year, one for your daughter, one for you, etc., etc. In other words, if you license anything uh, through the DMV, it's going to cost you 1% extra in Sutter County. So you think, oh, I'll just go buy it in San Francisco, I'll buy it in Nevada, buy it here, buy it there. But it's where you register it that counts. So then you add all your other purchases, like if you're going to build a house, and you're going to buy lumber, and you're going to buy appliances, and thousands and thousands. You buy another $10,000 worth of stuff, and you do the work yourself, you're going to pay, again, another 1%. So the uh, family could spend hundreds of dollars if there's a poor family, and, and uh, maybe up to $1,000, and other families could spend two, two, three, four, five thousand $5,000 $5, more a year just to live in Sutter County. How, how does it uh, affect those in Yuba County? Well, uh, you're not going to get to vote on this, and you're already paying an extra 1% in Yuba County because of the Measure K uh, uh, ordinance or ballot measure that passed a few years ago, uh, and in the city of Marysville as well, and the city of Wheatland. But uh, if you go buy a lot of your consumer goods uh, out in uh, Sutter County, like you do a lot of your grocery shopping or you buy a lot of your uh, farm supplies or whatever, whatever. I'm not talking about buying a vehicle or something you have to license, but I'm just talking about stuff. Uh, That 1% can add up a lot over there in Sutter County. And I know a lot of you do most of your shopping in Sutter County, even if you live in Yuba County. So you might want to consider uh, helping uh, fight this tax in Sutter County, encouraging your friends in Sutter County to vote no, and also to donate towards this cause. Uh, You know, it's amazing to me that people will will, uh, whine about a new tax, and they will uh, go ahead and pay the thousands of dollars a year extra on the tax, but they won't give $50 or $100 to fight the tax and maybe defeat the tax. It's a it's the oddest thing in the world to me. So uh, you go to SutterCountySaysNo.com. Now, says sounds like I said S-E-Z, but it's S-A-Y-S, SutterCountySaysNo.com. If you go there, you can request signs. Signs are available. The time is very short. Uh, we're just a little over a month away from this vote. It's a very important vote. It's going to affect purchases for the next 10 years. And let me just tell you that people that know what's going on with sales taxes or when taxes increase, and they say, oh, it's just, oh, it's just, we're just going to get us over this hump over the next nine or 10 years. First of all, that's a lie. Secondly, it's very, 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 very rare that a citizen's re- citizenry will take a tax off once they put a tax on why it's not that they love taxes is that the powers that be will lie to them and say if you don't if we don't keep this tax then we're going to have to shut down the hospital then we're going to shut down the ambulance system then we're going to shut down the fire department then we're going to police are no longer going to be there to protect you they say they make all these wild claims and many people uh live kind of a life of fear anyway 
Uh, they're warriors and fears. Uh, they're fearsome. Uh, and so uh, they will buy into that and go ahead and just say, well, I did, you know, they got me by the throat. In other words, it's extortion, right? You ever been bribed or extortion? So that's what's going on here. SutterCountySaysNo.com. Go to that site and help somehow. Help. There's a Measure A meeting. It's a very, very important meeting. It'll probably be the most important meeting between now and November 8th, which is the, the day of voting. So it's October 5. This coming week, uh, it's it's coming up um, at 6 p.m. in Yuba City or Sutter County, just north of the, the city of, Sutter, of Yuba City in Sutter County on Eager Road. It's 1179 Eager Road at the Church of Glad Tidings Campus. And it's very easy to find. You just pull in, find a parking space. It's the first building on the left as you drive in the entrance. Uh, you can park all over the place, but it's the first building on the left, and it has a number 200 on it, number 200. And there's there's no charge. You don't need to... Uh, get a ticket even if it's free you just walk in there'll be plenty of seating and just walk right through the lobby into the first doors and you're in the the, uh, the conference room there so again measure a meeting uh, we're gonna th- here's what's really cool about it. it's not just going to be a bunch of local people arguing back and forth we have the privilege of having the president of Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association coming up named John Kupal and John um, has not only been uh, the president, or not only is the president, but he also is an attorney, and he's an attorney that specializes in uh, our rights and taxation. And he's argued before many courts in California, including the Supreme Court. But the nice thing is he is uh, the most knowledgeable fellow in the state on taxation because that's what he lives and breathes seven days a week, 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. He lives and breathes. You can see his articles running in papers up and down California, as well as on the amazing uh, Howard Jarvis Tax Business Association website. If you just, uh, you don't need to write that all down. Just remember these four initials, H-J-T-A, H-J-T-A.org. And uh, I was just on there just a few minutes ago and uh, was copying information off uh, different propositions for resource material I wanted. Very easy to get to. This group started in uh, just after 1978 with the initiation of Prop 13. And uh, Prop 13 was the revolutionary uh, citizen-launched tax revolution to stop the government from just running amok, taking so much uh, property taxes from people that they had to give up their homes. Many senior citizens had worked their entire life, raised their family, paid their taxes, bought a home, and could no longer on their retirement afford the taxes, the property taxes in the state of California. And they actually never would know. Uh, the the assessor would just come out and decide, I think I'm going to reassess all the county uh, because if I reassess it and it goes up, that means we'll get more taxes from the people. And he could just willy-nilly or she could willy-nilly come out and and raise your property taxes or your valuation by 50 percent or 100 percent in, in times of uh, uh, really rapid escalation of prices in the uh, real estate market. You just come out and raise the rates. And people uh, were were being forced out of their home until two guys, Howard Jarvis and Paul Gann, got together and got all kinds of people and uh, had an overwhelming 
passage of Prop 13. And so that uh, then set a, a formula or standard that all assessor, assessors had to follow in the state of California um, from that point on. Now, what's happened since then, it not only set a way to value uh, how to how to tax the property and value it and eliminate how fast you could uh, increase the valuation every year. It also m- made uh, a change where t- any tax measures uh, in the legislature had to pass by two-thirds majority as opposed to simple majority. Simple majority is 50% of people plus one vote, right? That means just think of it. If somebody said, if you, your family's all red hair, if they in, if on your block they say we don't like red hair people, so we're going to all take a vote, and if we get fifty percent of the folks on the block plus one person, you have to move. Now, uh, that's what uh, majority is. Two thirds is sixty six point six seven percent, right? And so that's different. It made it more difficult for uh, the legislature to tack on taxes. Now, also in the local area, it it changed uh, the local uh, officials ability to raise taxes by saying to them if you just want to raise money in general for all kinds of reasons uh, for repairing the roads building a baseball park uh, building a library uh, give some money to police or whatever it's just it's just going to go into the general fund if you can pass that on a 50 percent plus one that's a majority vote <coughs> if you say we want to build a baseball stadium or we want to build a new police department or we want to build a school. You have to have two thirds uh, vote to pull that off. So uh, that's been a question now. That's been a fight because recently some judges, appellate court judges, corrupt judges, um, influenced by politicians. Let me just back up and just hold that thought. Let me just say this, that ever since 1978 and Prop 13, politicians have been furiously trying to undermine and find loopholes through Prop 13 to tax us more. They literally are just going to tax us to death. And so uh, the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association has been fighting these efforts, both through lobbying and through court and through passing new measures like Prop 218 and Prop Prop 62, I think. I thought there was a Prop 57, but... Uh, it really doesn't make any difference. There's been several propositions that have been put on the ballot to shore up or strengthen Prop 13 because the government is constantly one to undermine Prop 13 and take away those tax protections. Now, one of those that, that was uh, successful on behalf of the uh, the government is Proposition 19 a couple cycles ago in the elections where it changed uh, this wonderful protection where – Uh, People my age, getting older in life, and you know you're going to come to pass, and you want to leave your property or your farm or your business to your loved ones, your kids or your grandkids, say your kids already die, and maybe the only people left are your grandkids, and you want to leave the the farm or the acreage or the property or the mill, you could do that, and they would not reevaluate or revalue the the uh, assessment on your property, even though they they started out with a base value of say in the 1980s or 1970s or 1960s, and so then you could give that property to your loved ones, and they could keep the same taxes that you were paying the year before, the year before, the year before. 
Well, Prop 19, which unfortunately was endorsed by uh, our rhino uh, uh, assemblyman up here, James Gallagher, he endorsed it. That that he, in other words, he said, "I'm for removing the benefits uh, away from giving your property to your loved ones," and it passed by a very small measure. And now uh, people are losing their properties because new families, uh, or the families, the next generation, the grandkids, or the kids, uh, cannot. In many cases. They can't afford to pay those extra taxes because now the value of the property, instead of a base value from the 1980s or 70s when it started, now we're paying a 2020 valuation, which is huge, and now new taxes. And so they get a tax bill from the assessor. They can't pay it, so they just put the place up for sale. Now, that's what that's what Prop 19 did. Now, so John Kupal is going to come up here and speak in opposition to Measure A, which is the measure to raise the 1% tax uh, added on to our sales taxes now it's going to put it over 8% in Sutter County on any item that that you normally pay sales tax on so he's going to speak about that now listen if you think it's necessary because you're going to what right now what you're seeing is the unlawful effort to sell this tax to the uh, to the citizens why do I say unlawful I'm saying that what what they're using is they're saying this is for police and fire and it really isn't just for police and fire. But they're saying it is because they're trying to play upon uh, the, your fondness of police and fire. But it it's going to go to people like the psychiatrist over at Behavioral Health that's making almost 700000 a year. It's going to go to Steve Smith, the CAO, who's making over $300,000 a year. It's going to go to hundreds of people that work for Sutter County that are making over $150,000 a year. It's going to raise fees, and it's going to go to in a Ponzi scheme. You know what a Ponzi scheme is? It's a scheme where you never can pay off. You know, they claim they're, uh, this money will pay off the bill, but it never does pay off the bill. It's a Ponzi scheme. It's like where somebody takes your money and they claim they're investing it for you, but they really never invest it for you. And they just keep, uh, they try to cover their uh, shortages with the next generation. So they make promises to the old generation and they, they try to make up the promises with two generations, three generations down the road. That's the CalPERS system. Right now, Sutter County owes hundreds of millions of dollars. In li- They have liabilities. Liability is a bill that you owe. So they pay people. They pay them what they say they're going to pay them each month in the county. But they cannot afford to pay the uh, amount that's supposed to go to their retirement. They call that an unfunded liability. They owe it, but they can't pay it. It's like you having your your uh, your Visa or your MasterCard, and they say your balance is $2,045. But you can pay a minimum of $40, right? Or you can pay a little bit more than that. So in other words, you still owe the money. It's unfunded. It's a liability. It's an unfunded liability, but you're not able to pay it off at the end of the month. That's exactly the predicament that Sutter County and Yuba County are in. They cannot afford to make their monthly payments, and so they want more money from you to try to do that. They still aren't going to catch up because it's a bad system. They're paying, they're paying like sheriffs, that previous sheriff in Yuba County, Steve Durfer, I noticed the other day, he's a nice guy, I like him very much, but 
We're paying him $175,000 to just sit around. And we can't afford to pay two, three, four times behind each job. All these people that are retired, 175, 125, 170, 60, 40. We can't afford to keep paying all these people that aren't dead yet and still pay the people that are working. Now, that's why we're having these problems with Measure A. And the fact is we are... We have too many employees in Sutter County, and we're paying them too much money. We're going to come right back. We just finished our first uh, clip, so we'll uh, segment. We'll be right back and do our number two of six. back in the Midwest. Right. Governments, federal, state, and local, were only taking about 15 cents out of every dollar earned. Today, they're taking almost half of every dollar earned in the United States. And most people don't realize it because the taxes are hidden in the so-called business taxes. You know, the politician that stands up and yells, oh, let's save the little man, let's tax business, and everybody mm -hmm. yells, hooray. They haven't figured out that every tax on business is just a part of the cost of production. And the customer winds up paying it when he buys the product. It's a hidden sales tax. There's 116 of them in a, the suit of clothes that each one of us is wearing. The worst thing that you can do is to give cash to drug addicts without any requirements of sobriety has resulted in people overdosing and dying from hard drugs in their hotel rooms. The main objective of drug addicts is to support their addiction. It's not to get their lives back together. Addicts just need to feed their addiction. The fundamental is a deep confusion about what it means to be living on the street. The idea is that the people living on the street are there by poverty. That's a myth. If you can't afford the rent in your apartment in San Francisco, either because you lost your job or for some other reason, you do what millions of other Californians do, which is you move to a, a cheaper apartment or a cheaper home, or you move out of state. What you don't do is pitch a tent on the dirtiest sidewalks in the most dangerous neighborhood in California. I, have, I was not able to find anybody that was living in a tent who was there for economic reasons. That's ludicrous. Yes, the mighty music of American economic progress has been all but silenced by four years of Mr. Carter's failures. Where once there was a great confident roar of American progress and growth and optimism, there is now the eerie, ghostly silence of economic stagnation, unemployment, inflation, and despair. Mr. Carter recently was asked by a young woman why our country could not work out a solution to unemployment and inflation. He said, you know, people tend to dwell on temporary inconveniences and the transient problems that our nation faces. Unemployment, a temporary inconvenience? Inflation, a transient problem? These words from an American president? I've been told that black women aren't supposed to support the Second Amendment. I've been told I shouldn't want to be able to protect myself. I shouldn't teach my fellow students about their rights, and I shouldn't speak my mind. Thank God I didn't listen. To all of those who have called me a sellout, an Uncle Tom, or a pawn for someone else, here's what should scare you. I never changed my beliefs. 
I woke up and realized that you don't represent them. You don't speak for me, and you don't think for me. I am not the victim you need me to be. And I'm talking to more women like me every single day. I'm the National Rifle Association of America, and I'm freedom's safest place. All right, here we go. So we're talking about Measure A, and uh, the reason they're they're asking for more money in Measure A, it's really interesting. The whole phenomenon is really interesting. So COVID aligned the pockets of the supervisors. They never missed a meal. They never missed a payment to their their insurance or health insurance, their retirement. They actually got extra money, uh, all of them, uh, on the uh, payroll protection plan. Some of them got $300,000 or $400,000. And they came out uh, amazing. They came out uh, like fat cats, as some people would say. While most people uh, lost money, uh, in fact, the the, uh, supervisors, while they were making, uh, becoming rich, right? Some of these people already, in our view, would be rich. Uh, they didn't decide to share with the businesses that they shut down. They didn't decide to uh, uh, give any money to those businesses other out of their own pocket, uh, although they benefited by COVID. They uh, simply put it in their pocket, rejoiced, and went on down the road, just like typical politicians. And uh, not, there has been no apologies for what they did to the COVID people, even uh, the COVID shutdowns, even though it's been proven beyond a shadow of a doubt, uh, that the COVID uh, mandates were wrong. They were counterproductive. They injured people. They killed people. They ruined kids' uh, educational future. They crushed businesses. Thousands of businesses literally did not ever open again. And the supervisors have total responsibility for that. They say, oh, well, you know, it was Dr. Lou. No, it wasn't. That Dr. Lou although many of them are confused about who whose employee Dr. Liu is. I call her Dr. Mingla, Joseph Mingla, the Nazi doctor that experimented on people. She should be held for murder. She should be prosecuted for murder. The supervisors should be prosecuted also for murder. Their, their choices actually contributed to murdering people. And so uh, they walked away and... Uh, Shut down businesses. Now they're turning around and saying, "Well, we what we need to do is we're gonna we're gonna bring businesses to the area, right? I'm, we're gonna create jobs." You ever heard that term? You ever seen a government create a job? Usually, that job costs about a half a million dollars, a million dollars. If a plumber, like uh, the plumbing doctor or uh, thrifty rooter, who we promote on the radio here, if they um, if they want to add an employee. They simply advertise, we need an employee, and they uh, hire that employee. They don't charge the taxpayer a nickel by doing that. 
And uh, they just simply train that employee. That costs them a little money. But they, they bear the brunt of that, not the taxpayer. And so all of a sudden, they expand 10% or 20% of their employees. We add employees. That's what happens when people get busy and they do a good job. They get rewarded by expanding their business. Government cannot do that, and we don't want them to do that. Our founding fathers said we don't want them to do that. Sutter County has a bigger and bigger, and Yuba County, every county is wanting a bigger and bigger footprint. It's almost like instead of a car dealership selling more cars, more cars, more cars every month, and the and the business manager or the sales manager uh, getting some kudos for that, of somehow coming up with ways to make more deals, more deals, more deals, and becoming more successful, government they expand their workers, expand their building footprint, but they really don't create any wealth. They suck wealth out of the system. Whenever you see government saying we're adding five more individuals over here, 10 more over here, or 20 more over here, that you should hear a sucking sound, sucking the wealth out of your pocket because they don't create any wealth. Government takes wealth away. So whenever they uh, raise a tax, that means you have less money. I just was told the other day that uh, the Measure K that was Ill- illegal to begin with, it was found illegal by the Judge Stephen Barrier in, in Yuba County. Then it was overturned by corrupt judges at the third appellate court system. One of them actually was told to get out after he made our ruling. He was told to get out. He was incompetent. He'd been in there for decades. Uh, Get out or be fired. The other one was accused of uh, racketeering. Uh, And these guys, the three-judge commission out of a 9 or 11 group, uh, ended up overturning and doing the politically right thing to do, the woke thing to do, which was undermine Prop 13 and to say, basically, you could say anything you want in your political campaign. This is all going to go to the hospital. This is all going to go to Little League. This is all going to go to uh, some great cause like the fire department, the police department. And then you turn right around and you spend it however you want to spend it. That's illegal. It's unethical. But the judges down here in Sacramento just a year or so ago made a decision that supposedly change the law it's unfortunate that judges are not supposed to change the law do you think that when that two-thirds requirement vote was created uh years ago by the voters of the state of california it was for a legitimate vote it was on the ballot voters could said yes or no and they said no we want if if the money is going to be spent for special causes if they promote it like that it has to be a two-thirds vote yes and there's just what what this is is the judges in sacramento gave license to deception and that's exactly what you may like some of the people you may like people in the sheriff's department and the fire departments and you may uh they may be your brother or your uncle this is way bigger than them this is deception this is lying this is taking our tax money right now uh the estimates are that Sutter County supervisors have authorized the use of a couple hundred thousand dollars of tax money you already gave for the fire department the police department the sheriff department all these departments you already gave that and now they're taking that money and buying signs 
and paying for public relations firm to turn around and say you need to give more and convince you and make you feel bad and make you feel fear in your life. It's illegal. The Constitution says it's illegal. But nowadays we live in a lawless society. And this lawless society uh, puts government at a great advantage to the private sector because a huge number of people now work for the government in their unions. They control who gets into office, and then they do illegal things. And then if, if the private sector wants to say, oh, no, 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 you got to stop, that's illegal. Instead of the district attorney doing anything, he's part of the problem or she's part of the problem. And so if you want to stop this, you have to take and file a personal suit, a lawsuit which costs hundreds of thousands of dollars, and you have to raise that money, and you have to take people to court like we did. We took the supervisors to court a few years ago in Measure K to stop that 1% increase because they lied all the way through the election, deceived and lied, and violated the spirit of Prop 13 and Prop 218. And uh, Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association and other citizens joined together to fight that. And then when they won at the local county level, they appealed it to these crooked judges, incompetent judges in Sacramento, which overturned it and basically undermined the protections of Prop 13 and Prop 218. It's very unfortunate, but we have corrupt judges. If you want to read a lot about corrupt judges, you can... uh, you can do a web search in the Bible of the of the uh, the whole era of the judges of Israel and the crooked, corrupt judges uh, in in the state of uh, or the nation of Israel. So what you can do, as I mentioned before, is go to SutterCountySaysNo.com, okay, and go to the Measure A meeting on October five at six p.m. Church of Glad Tidings, eleven seventy nine Eager Road to hear John Kupal. It's not going to be a long evening. It's not going to be boring. It's not going to be drawn out. I've heard John speak. He's a good speaker. You'll enjoy it, and you'll learn something that may that may uh, help you to be more uh, adamant and more uh, strong in your conviction about quit giving more money away to government. They have all the money. Listen, you know, if you look Go to, I'm telling you, just do this. Please do this. If you have a computer, go to Transparent California. I think it's .org. It could be .com. Transparent California, org or com. And and then go to Sutter County. It'll say counties. And then click on Sutter County. And then go to 2021. I think that's the newest figures. And what you want to do is salaries for 2021. You can also look at pensions on there. And just look at the number of people that are making salaries that we used to think uh, celebrities would get, rock stars would get. Uh, 300,000, 280,000, 400,000, 500,000, 670,000 people. Why would you earning 20,000, 30,000, 40,000, and you're paying $6 gas, you're paying 15, 20, 30% more for groceries, right? Everything's costing you more. You're paying more for everything when you go buy it. Why would you pay more to the, in taxes uh, to people that don't deserve any more money? They don't deserve a raise. I wouldn't give a raise to these top executives at Sutter County in my lifetime. I'd say stick with that or leave. Pack it up and leave. You're making 330. Just figure out in the next decade, 
uh, retire or leave. Try someplace else so they got a lot more money. We don't have the money. Let's just decide. You know, it's interesting. I used to teach uh, counsel. I used to counsel and teach on finances and at a church in town. And I used to talk to people about live within your means, right? Because either you're going to take two, three, four more jobs and ruin your marriage or learn to live within your means. And so I'll give you an example. This is um, on your, you can look on your own tax bill if you own property in Sutter County. If you look on your tax bill, if you look on the property taxes, the, evalu- the valuation and the assessment, you're going to see a fee down there, right? But then on top of those property taxes, you'll find 14 more tax assessments. That's right, 14. So I'm going to read them to you. I'm not going to give you all the percentages, but I'm going to read them to you. There's a unitary tax. There's a Yuba City Unified 1999 bond. There's a Robbins 1999 bond. There's Yuba City Unified 2004 bond. There's a Live Oak Unified 2004 bond and a 2016 bond. There's an East Nicholas High 2000 bond. There's an East Nicholas High 2014 bond. There's a Britain Elementary 2018 bond. There's a Franklin Elementary 2006 bond. There's a Sutter High bond at 2008. Woodland Joint Unified School District bond. There's a Yuba Community College 2006 bond. And there's a Yuba Community College 2016 bond. Every one of those bonds has money attached to it that's coming off, that's adding on to your tax bill on top of your property taxes. You're forced to pay that because somebody voted for those bonds. They just somebody just didn't wake up in in political land and add those bond bonds on. They put those on the ballot and they convinced you to pay for them. Listen people, that's 14 additional bonds. Now you already of additional taxes. You already in your taxes you pay to the state of California are paying for the school system. It doesn't matter whether you never had kids. It doesn't matter whether your kids graduated 30 years ago. It doesn't matter. You're going to pay for schools in this government school system until you drop dead. You understand that? You're already paying for all the schools. Then you're paying for all these school bonds. Why do you think that they don't set aside money for bricks and mortar for these schools. All these schools I just read to you, they they are saying, oh, our schools are worn out, so we need to rebuild our schools. Why didn't they, at the state level, they set money aside for repair and maintenance? We have have buildings in the East Coast that were built in the 1700s. Did you know that? The 1800s, the 1900s, that are still fine. They just keep repairing them, upgrading them, remodeling them, right? And now we're tearing down buildings at Yuba College. It's the craziest thing. So we have all these buildings, and they don't, let me, you might say, well, where's the money going, Lou? Well, the money going to ridiculous teacher pensions, the same pensions that we're talking about earlier for politicians. They're designated benefit pensions. That means they're guaranteed a a salary for life until they die and are cremated or buried. They get a salary every single month. It's predetermined and guaranteed to them. 
It's crazy because nobody in the private sector gets that. They also get health insurance. They get all kinds of other benefits. Listen, we can't afford that, and that's why we end up paying for all these bonds. There should be enough when they take our taxes to not only build a school, run a school, maintain a school, and quit coming back and hitting us up for money. All these schools, there's not a new school here. They're all old schools that are just, uh, they just want more money on top of the money you're already given. So uh, that is a problem, and, and so it's another reason to say not add another tax to uh, our, our area. So the other thing I was going to bring up since we're coming towards the cl- close, uh, let me mention a couple of people that are supporting me. I'm on the air and on the Internet because some people want to help me. I started out just doing it on my own, and they said, no, we want to help, and and it's more expensive than used to because now we do a podcast and a live show. So I want to give a a shout-out, and I'm going to talk about a lawsuit against the firefighters in Seattle are suing Seattle Fire Department for firing them because they wouldn't take the jab. And Ira Burroughs, who worked for uh, faithfully commuted to San Francisco to work for San Francisco Fire for many, many years, got fired for one thing, for not being willing to take the jab. Ira and Gina have five children, so he's created a business in, in the meantime called YS Junk Angel at ysjunkangel.com. They pick up all the stuff you don't want. They clean up your buildings. They clean up your houses. They clean up your property, your lands, and get it out of there so it looks all nice and looks like you did it. So you can reach them at 530-329-3113, 530-329-3113. You can text them or call them there and just give them a shout. Say, hey, we heard about you. We want to help you. Uh, they, they're Obviously, they're, they didn't go on paid leave. They got fired, baby. No, you know, you either take the jab or you get nothing. So I think Ira's group is also going to sue San Francisco Fire. Also, uh, another guy, both these guys are Patriots, Ira, and also uh, Israel Israel Garcia, or he likes to go by Izzy. But he's got Little Billy's Excavator and Backhoe Service. I love those big pieces of equipment because every time I use them, they make my job. I'm just a shoveler, right? I learned how to shovel irrigating in the farming realm back in the, the teenage years, and I used how to operate a shovel. But when I see those big backhoes and excavators coming in, I think I just take a sigh of relief. So if you got a if you got a ditch, or you need to fill in an area, or you need to dig out an area, or you need to remove some rock, or you need to dig some footings, whatever you need to do, put in a pipeline. Uh, Izzy Garcia, Little Billy's Excavator and Backhoe Service, can do that for you. He's in Northern California. He's situated in Loma Rica, California, in Yuba County, but. He will travel some throughout Northern California. You can reach him very easy. Text or call 530-300-6010, 530-300-6010. And one other one, these guys I started promoting when they first opened up, and it's uh, Will Fanning and Josh James, and they were just getting started, man. They were painting the floor. They got a warehouse. They, they blew all the cobwebs out of it, got the spiders gone. And painted the floor, got it all, got an office built, slicked it all up out on uh, 1469 Stewart Road in Yuba City. They got going. They built all these cool shelves, all these steel shelving. They built everything themselves because they're super technicians. They're MacIver-type guys. And now they are so busy, they're going to already move. After a couple years, they're going to move out on Highway 20 pretty soon. They're still at 1469 Stewart Road until further notice. But they will fix anything that you have that's broken. 
that uh, has power to it. So whether you got a lawnmower, a weed eater, all the way up to a tractor trailer or a big truck or police car, they've done some fleet police cars. They will work on everything. And uh, they've even worked on compressors and power. I had them fix a power washer. I've had them fix cars, power washers, all kinds of things for me. And uh, so they also are expert welders. They got all the all the uh, certificates. So all power services, text or call 530-844-0347-844-0347. Okay, so uh, that's 1469 Stewart Road, just off high, Highway 99 uh, in Yuba City. Okay, got it? All right. All right, we're going to come back down here and... Uh, I want to read this to you. This is, uh, I'm not going to have time to read it because uh, it, time is short for this, this particular clip. We'll come back and pick up where we left off. So um, we have uh, four more segments to go and hope you're enjoying it and just grab a little refreshment. We've got some clips to play and then I'll be right back. She never mentions the word addiction. In certain company Yes, she tell you she's an orphan After you meet her family Welcome to the Bureau of Womanhood Conformity Independent thoughts are considered subversive Because all must agree with our leader When it comes to women, preventive care should include coverage of contraceptive services such as birth control You see, if you don't believe government should pay for your birth control, you're not a real woman. Womanhood denied. If you refuse to accept that pregnancy is a punishment, you're denied as well. I don't want them punished with a baby. If you don't believe that abortions should be allowed for any reason, if you don't believe in aborting a child for being the wrong gender, and if you don't believe that stay-at-home mothers aren't real workers, you are not a real conformed woman. His wife has actually never worked a day in her life. His wife has actually never worked a day in her life. Finally, for your safety, if you oppose mandatory government health care, you will die. They will be voting to say that women can die on the floor. These standards and regulations were formed after our glorious victory in the war on women. Thank you for your cooperation and conformity. Mr. Olson, on January 6, 2021, did the Department of Justice or FBI have any plainclothes officers among the crowd at the Capitol? Senator, I'm not uh, aware of whether or not there were uh, plainclothes officers in, 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 in among the crowd uh, at the Capitol on, Jan on, July 6, on January 6. Did any plainclothes officers enter the Capitol on January 6? I, I don't know the answer to that, Senator. Did any FBI agents or confidential informants commit crimes of violence on January 6th? 6th. I can't answer that, sir. Did any FBI agents or FBI informants actively encourage and incite crimes of violence on January 6th? 6th. Sir, I can't answer that. While Congress asks questions and the Department of Justice plays dumb, Millions of us are well aware that the DOJ was responsible for the riots at the Capitol on January 6th that resulted in the prosecution of over 800 peaceful protesters and the death of four, including the brutal execution of Ashley Babbitt. 
They did it with people like Ray Epps and other unindicted co-conspirators who instigated violence within the crowd. And thanks to Americans like Jeremy Brown, we know how they found these unindicted co-conspirators to betray their own country in a would-be Reichstag fire for America. Right after Jeremy Brown joined the Oath Keepers in late 2020, the Department of Homeland Security, along with the FBI's Joint Terrorism Task Force, showed up at his door to try recruiting him to spy on them. Jeremy agreed to meet with the federal agents at a local restaurant where he recorded the conversation. In the audio, we can hear the feds attempting to recruit Jeremy with bribery tactics. And again, I'm not, I can't make any promises, but like you provide information to prevent something big, the government pays for that. And with intimidation and extortion. We think that we can help you, you can help us, and we can definitely on this side of things, less aggravation. And these two feds tell Jeremy that he is only one of 19 people they are assigned to. You're one of 19 people that we're going to knock on the door, they're going to say they're not home, or they are home, and we're like, can we just talk at some point? We can meet on a monthly basis. We can chat when things are open, get a coffee. After going public with this information, Jeremy Brown is then arrested by these same federal agents on October 2nd of 2021. He is then put in maximum security prison where he remains to this day. Jeremy Brown served 17 years as a Green Beret and staying true to the Special Forces creed to teach and fight wherever required, to excel in every art and artifice of war, to perform tasks in isolation, and if captured, to have the strength to spit upon the enemy. Brown is now podcasting live from Pinellas County Maximum Security Prison in Clearwater, Florida at 10 a.m. Monday through Friday on Jeremy Brown campaign at rumble.com. Jeremy Brown is also running for Florida State Representative in District 62, where he is running against Michelle Rayner, who describes herself as a cisgender queer woman with pronouns she, they. We have a governor and we have a legislature that is out of control. They have drawn maps that are racist, that are partisan, and that I believe, and quite frankly, many people believe are illegal. Thanks to Americans like Jeremy Brown, who refuse to give up on our freedoms, we are winning the information war. So support him, vote for him, and follow his podcast. And never forget the innocent Americans who are still to this day locked in the D.C. gulag for protesting a rigged election. We have to acknowledge what is happening in this country. And what is happening in this country is that military-grade weapons and tactics are being used against the people because America is the final roadblock to global tyranny. I hope that this podcast can bring a little bit of knowledge to you so that you die at a nice, healthy, ripe old age and not at the hands of some tyrant who has used your own ignorance to enslave, torture, and then murder you. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. All right, we're back. 
Uh, some of you have been asking me about Dark Secrets and Bright Hopes, the one-of-a-kind conference that was done at Glad Tidings September 6th through the 18th, a week or so ago. And some of you have been asking about uh, those sessions with L.A. Marzulli, Derek Gilbert, Brian Artis, uh, David Martin. And, uh, and so they are, I'm told they're up on the website at churchofgladtidings.com. I've been, uh, since I listened to a couple sessions with L.A. Marzulli, both here and over in Nevada County, I've become really fascinated with his stuff. I've been watching a lot of his YouTube. He's got channels on YouTube and I think, well, other channels. Uh, really been looking at L.A. Marzulli's stuff, Derek Gilbert. These guys are really bright people, Brian Artis. Uh, we're hoping to have Brian Artis come back again. He's wanting to come back. And uh, so check that out. But they are on, uh, you know, it, it, was, it was a small fee to get into this event, but we don't charge uh, for the website, uh, we just want to benefit the community. So check that out, Church of Glad Tidings, and then just watch for the videos or former conferences and all that kind of stuff. So I was out uh, the other day at the Epic Embassy Private Educational Center. I dropped off a couple of young girls that needed a ride to school and a ride home, youngsters. And so I got a little chance to see all the crews dropping kids off. And that's a whole thing that goes on in America parents dropping and picking up and and they can't really uh they're out kind of in the edge of the country out there so it's at the church of glad tidings uh campus at 1179 eager road so epic just put up four i think they put up four not five but i think it's four new modulars new to us i think they're used but they're refurbished and uh they're cool so the kids were helped set were helping move the furniture in themselves and so they have more room. So if you're wondering about the, there's a lot of private education that's going on. And, and basically the idea is I don't have time to spend a lot on education today, but the education system in, in the government education system has collapsed. It's morally bankrupt. It's educationally bankrupt. And, uh, their, their scores are some of the lowest in the world. Um, uh, and uh, but there's options. The cool things there's options. Yeah, I know you're going to have to pay for it. Uh, the most of these are all uh, pay to play. And so St. Isidore Schools one in Yuba City Bible Baptist School is out on Northfield Road. New Life Christian Schools on Arboga Road in Yuba County. Faith Christian Schools on Calusa Highway in Yuba City. I think there's a few others as well. Uh, I just have these listed that came off the top of my head, as they say, an epic embassy private educational center is uh, on the uh, the campus of Church of Glad Tidings. So they have room. I, I think some of these others will have room as well. But I, I know that the numbers are up big time because the numbers are way down in school, uh, public school, government school. So uh, if you want you can go to, uh, if you want to go online, you could go to, for Epic, you can go to churchofgladtidings.com, and then you can just click on Ministries, go down to Epic, and then click, and they'll tell you all about it. You can sign up there, tells you the cost, the classes, the, the curriculum, all that kind of stuff. Also, for those who uh, are doing homeschool and you want to be in a uh, co-op and share with other parents, there's one set up called Arrow Education. I thought they were meeting, well, they had actually, I thought correctly, up until this year, they were meeting on Wednesdays, but things changed where the only day they can meet out there now, same place, Church of Glad Tidings, is on Mondays. So they're they're using the facilities on Mondays, and, April, and Epic's taken over Tuesday through Friday. So um, there's there's uh, recreation, there's food, 
There's teaching, special teaching. There's a lot of cool stuff. There's a lot of exchange of curriculums and ideas and uh, in how to improve your homeschool presentation, all those kind of things called Arrow Education. When you go there at on the website at churchofgladtidings.com, click on ministries and click, scroll down and click on Arrow Education. Uh, you, there's phone numbers there if you want to call and see how to hook up. I think it costs like $20 per year. <laughs> I don't even know what they cover with $20. It's like, hey, I'll just pay for everybody. It's like $20 a year just to cover some basic expenses. Otherwise, the, the church just carries the whole thing on people out there. I want to read this. I read it every week. It's Alexander Hamilton, 1774. If everybody would act like Alexander Hamilton did in 1774 as a teenager, we would have it going on in this country. Let me just read what he wrote. Is it not better, I ask, to suffer a few present inconveniences than to put yourselves in the way of losing everything that is precious? Your lives, your property, your religion are all at stake. I do my duty. I warn you of the danger. If you should still be so mad as to bring destruction on yourselves, if you should still neglect what you owe to God and man, you cannot plead ignorance in your ex excuse. Your consciences will reproach you for your folly, and your children's children will curse you. I'm just thinking about all the children who lost a year to two years of their educational life. They lost, they weren't able to play sports, gymnastics, go fishing, go this, go that, do this, do that. And they, they just look to their parents and say, you're kidding me. When they, when they see the whole thing was a complete fraud, and it said, you didn't do anything about it. You just sat there and wore a mask. You just pretended you didn't understand that COVID was just a common cold and you got scammed on this thing. By the way, Brian Artis, um, I, I won't, re I won't uh, send his email. Well, I won't tell you his email. Uh, not that I'm trying to hide it. I just don't have it handy here, but Brian Artis uh, wants an email from anybody that has been harmed from the Moderna or the Pfizer vaccine or the shot. Uh, the COVID shot. And what he, what he means by that is uh, if any of your loved ones or friends took one of those shots, COVID, uh, the Moderna or the Pfizer, you took the shot and then you took the second shot. And then within about two weeks, you got, the person got sick, went into the hospital and when treated with remdesivir and put on the vent and died, they want to talk to you and they have a class action lawsuit against medical personnel in California and Oklahoma. So I don't know who I'm talking to. Uh, I know some people throughout the country, but if you know anybody in Oklahoma or California, please just uh, email me at lou at nohostagesradio.com or text me your email. Uh, just if you text me your email and say, I want Brian artist's email, I will forward you Brian artist's email and you can send your, you, you can begin communicating with him via his email, which are some, some information they need from you. What they're doing is they're trying to get a group of people the same way that attorneys did back in North shore. They call it North shore medical down in Chicago and uh, they filed a class action suit on behalf of medical personnel there that were fired be because they didn't take the jab. And uh, they settled for, uh, 
I, I don't know, there was millions and millions of dollars. I can't remember right now how many millions of dollars it was, but they, uh, I don't know what they, I think they may even got their jobs back. But uh, also the military now has uh, uh, the same firm, um, lc.org, libertycouncil.org. It's called lc.org. Uh, that same firm went after the military. The military has now stopped mandating shots uh, because they all know it's wrong. They knew they violated people's rights, but they it was worth it to them because they got millions and millions of dollars. That's what they did here at, at the local. I'm hoping that they sue Adventist Health, which is just a few blocks from me right here. So uh, anyway, give me a shout out if you know if any of your relatives, your friends, your loved ones. Maybe it, it doesn't have to be a relative. You could be, be living with somebody and your loved one died uh, because of what I just described. Give me a shout out and uh, we'll work on that. There's also another group of guys. Uh, I just I talked about it last week. And they are, if you go to wl-llp.com, wl-llp.com, and then go over to the contact tab. It'll say contact. Click on it or, or run your cursor over it. And underneath it'll say mandates or remdesivir. And just click whatever one you want. And they will help you with your lawsuit. They are also suing people and uh, medical people in Fresno. They've also sued people in Kentucky. And they have two attorneys working together. One can serve in Kentucky and one's serving in California. And they are going after the medical people that killed people for money, for gain, uh, by giving them rendezvous and putting them on the uh, vent. Now, I, I kept hearing that it, they were making about 100000 a COVID patient that went through the full deal. But they actually, uh, I was sorely underestimating it. But they are actually, if, if they have a complex, what they call a complex inpatient COVID patient, and they put them up in the ICU, they put them on the vent, they give them rendezvous, they're going to get $450,000 from the federal government for that patient. And uh, they're also going to get a 20% bonus for giving them remdesivir. And then the state of California gets $147,000 for putting a COVID on the death certificate. Now, you think, oh, Lou, I, don't, I think you're just repeating something you heard. Well, let me just tell you that I know a little bit more than you're giving me credit for. And let me just help you with this. I, when I was running the trauma intervention program, in fact, I probably still know all the morticians in the two counties, five or six of uh, five or six uh, businesses. Uh, I knew them personally, first name basis, and uh, worked with them all the time. They're wonderful people. And one day I was talking to one of them, and he was saying, I, I was saying, you know, general talk, how's it going? Everything cool with you? You know, you're busy. What's going on? He said, oh, we're overwhelmed during this COVID thing. People dying left and right. Um, and, uh, of course, they weren't just dying from being ill by COVID, but for, for, uh, with comorbidities and killing themselves and jabs, all that kind of stuff. So he said, yeah, he said, I, I get sick of these people. The government's calling me. I uh, talked to the mortician saying the, go the government's calling me to change the California government to change the cause of death on the death certificate. Now, if you know anything about law enforcement, they're very, they're very uh, scrupulous, exact and particular 
and with an eye for excellence on getting the manner and the cause of death correct on every death certificate when somebody comes to pass it in Yuba and Sutter counties. I know them. No funny business. And so what we had is state people calling, and I thought originally that it was just about to bump the statistics up to cause more fear that, oh, my goodness, more people died. It's COVID, 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 right? But now I realize that they were making almost $150,000 off that word COVID just on the death certificate, adding that there. Unbelievable. You talk about ruthless. You talk about criminals, underhanded, scum. These people are scum of the earth. No, they're not your friend. They're not your fellow guy that lives down the street in one of your nice little neighborhoods. Uh, they are not your nice little, oh, yeah, you coach with them basketball. They're scum. They're scum. If, if they're going to take money to kill people, they are scum. It, you, have, you need to apologize to the Nazis. You need to apologize to the Nazis who we hung and shot and put in jail for life, except for the ones we, we hid and brought into the United States. We need to apologize to the Nazis. That's what you're you're making excuses for people. And we have the DA and the sheriff did the same thing local. Oh, well, we can't prosecute Fauci and Dassett and uh, Francis Collins and Barrick from North Carolina, Chapel Hill and Deborah Burks and all these people and Azar. We can't prosecute. It's just above our pay grade. Well, you know, it's just a. Uh, you know, we don't have the funding, really? What what if the Nazis, if we said that during the Nazi era, you think we in in if you read about the Nazi era and they say, Well, we just don't have the funding for that. Well, it's above our pay grade, right? Uh, I'm gonna play some clips here in a little bit with David Martin at a Thrive Time conference talking about the origins of COVID. Not in prehistoric times, the origins being that man, people conjured it up and created this problem it was not an accident people it was not an accident and we're going to play two large clips in uh the segments here uh i think it's in the fourth and fifth segments uh that we'll we'll leave room for them it's about 10 or 12 minutes each it's a it's shocking and you need to get a pen and paper and keep notes because this is David Martin speaking. Dave is one of the smarter guys. He's got PhDs. He's trained in medicine. He's trained in finance. He's trained in all kinds of things, history. And uh, he will tell you about it. So I wanted to talk about uh, one of the, the top conservative. I'm, I'm talking about not a Republican, top conservative, real conservative in the state of California that's serving us in the assembly is a guy named Kevin Kiley. He's now running for office in a seat uh, that's that's including just a little sliver of Yuba County in the east side of Yuba County and then back over in Placer County where he's from and several other counties. But he's, he's running for Congress, but he's still finishing up his term at the Capitol, and he has been the fighter in the state of California of all, uh, of all the politicians. And... Uh, so he says, cover up at the Capitol, and he says, to cover up the damage they cause, California politicians are delaying the release of student test scores. Why do you think they delay the release of student test scores since the elections next month? Or just, just about next month, November 8th. 
Why do you think they delay them right now? Because if they, if they the electorate saw how bad the test scores are, we got the head of public instruction running for office, Tony Thur- Thurman. They're delaying the release of student test scores until after the election. He said, I ra- wrote a scathing letter to state schools chief Tony Thurman demanding their results be released immediately. Thurman is a scandal-plagued Newsom ally, so says Kylie. Last year, he gave his groomsman uh, a Philly. This is a guy that lives in Philadelphia. He's a self-help guru. He gave him. He didn't put it out for bid. He didn't take applications. He gave him a job that he created out of thin air uh, for one hundred and eighty thousand. And you know what the guy did for for the state of California living in Philadelphia? He got $188,000 for living in Philadelphia, being the superintendent of equity. He just gave him a title. He's his groomsman at his wedding. He gave him a title, superintendent of equity, cut him a check for $180,000. It's probably spliced out over 12 months. So finally, when people learned about it, Kevin Kiley threw a fit, and he lost this no-show job. In other words, he didn't have to show up at work. He got a hundred. This is what government jobs. This is why we're fighting Measure A. We got jobs. I'm, let me tell you something. Do this for me if you're wondering about Measure A. Go into some of these departments on Friday afternoon after lunch and see how many uh, bosses you can find. They're all gone. They don't work on Fridays. They got so much time off. Do you know they just hired somebody at the... Uh, Health and Human Services, a prospective new leader, but they didn't hire her as a new leader. They gave her a hundred, I think, a hundred eighty some thousand dollars a year, right? And they gave her one month off a year. That means that she gets a hundred eighty thousand dollars for working eleven months. How would you like to get a job? And they said you only have to work eleven months out of the year, but we're going to pay you for all twelve. How about that? Only in government you get those kind of jobs. So he said at at our Capitol, cover-ups are routine. After an NPR, that's National Public Radio, investigation showed Newsom overstated his fire prevention efforts. Remember that? He said, oh, wait, we're taking all this extra money from you, but we're going to stop all these fires like that burned down the city of paradise. And uh, so... He overstated it by 690%. But you know what happened right after they found him out? He, they scrubbed the website. You know what scrubbing the website is equivalent to? Burning the files. Shredding the paperwork. <laughs> after the supermajority, Kylie goes on, after the supermajority, that's the Democrats, voted down my gas tax suspension. Kylie put in, not, not you didn't see Gallagher put it in, our guy, Kylie puts in a gas tax suspension bill. In other words, that would bring it down over 50 cents a gallon, right? Just California taxes. They tried to destroy the evidence of the bill's existence and then formed a sham select committee on gas prices. They just went it out to committee. Well, why don't we go and see how much it's costing everybody? Because they don't pay any gas prices. Did you know that? Assemblymen and senators, you pay their gas plus your gas. Did you know that? Did you know that the per diem, that's how much they get every day to pay for their gas and pay for their tuna sandwiches and their cup of coffee, right? And if they want to hire a prostitute, that's that's on the per diem. They get $40,000 a year. Do you think Gallagher 
is is spending that money? You bet he is. You know what Kylie did? He he wouldn't take that money. He paid his own way. We'll be right back, and we're going to pick up our fourth segment. And I think it's going to be a long, long time. Touchdown brings me round again to find. I'm not the man they think I am at home. Oh, no, no, no. Tucker, I think we have to launch an investigation because I want to know which nanny, which chef, which which housekeeper, which chauffeur, which secret service agent, which gardener, which landscaper is oppressing Michelle Obama, Barack Obama, and their children. Who are these people? Children. I think we've got to get to the bottom of it at this point. I mean, I looked, and it looks like her net worth is about $40, $70 million. Gail King's is $40 million. Barack Obama and her combined is $135 million. Let me tell you something. If that's oppression, where can I get me some? <laughs> the back of people can look at the back of their head. You mean the secret service agents that are constantly around your children? They probably haven't even touched their own door handles in years. And we're supposed to believe that you're oppressed while the rest of the country is actually suffering? Please, Michelle Obama, give some of that oppression to the rest of America because we sure could use it. I can understand you feeling some kind of way about that. How did people get basically um, drawn in by Hitler? How did that happen? And I'd watch newsreels, and I'd see this guy standing up there ranting and raving and people shouting and raising their arms. I thought, what's happened to these people? Why did they believe that? You saw the rally in Ohio the other night. Trump is there ranting and raving for uh, more than an hour, and you have these rows of young men with their arms raised. Oh, my goodness. Democrats are so desperate. Like, that comparison is getting so old. Oh, no, he spoke for more than an hour, and there was people with their hands in the air. Oh, my goodness, it's fascism. On another note, she's starting to look like George Soros with a wig. My name is Dr. Asim Malhotra, consultant cardiologist. Today I share my most recent publication, published in the peer-reviewed International Journal of Insulin Resistance. The title of my paper is Curing the Pandemic of Misinformation on the COVID mRNA vaccines through real evidence-based medicine. In part one of the paper, I aim to determine through critical analysis of randomized control trial data and real-world evidence, the true benefits and harms of the COVID mRNA vaccines with special emphasis on the BioNTech-Pfizer vaccine. The conclusions are quite sobering. In the non-elderly population, the numbers needed to treat to prevent one COVID death run into the thousands. Reanalysis of randomized controlled trial da data from both Moderna and Pfizer reveals one is more likely to suffer a serious adverse event from the COVID-19 vaccines than to be hospitalized with COVID-19. Pharmacovigilance data coupled with plausible biological mechanism of harm is also deeply concerning, especially in relation to cardiovascular safety. Mirroring a potential signal from Pfizer's phase three trial, there is also a significant increase in out-of-hospital cardiac arrests in England in 2021. Data which is also replicated in Israel with an increase in heart attacks and sudden cardiac death in people aged between 16 and 39, specifically related to the COVID mRNA vaccines and not related to COVID. 
In part two of the paper, I aimed to get to the root cause to understand why authorities and sections of the medical profession supported unethical, coercive and misinformed policies such as vaccine mandates and vaccine passports, undermining the principles of ethical evidence-based medicine and informed consent. These regrettable actions are the symptom of the medical misinformation mess, the tip of a mortality iceberg where prescribed medications are now estimated to be the third most common cause of death after heart disease and cancer. Underlying root causes of this include regulatory capture. Guardians that are supposed to protect the public are in fact funded by the very corporations that stand to gain from the sale of those medications. A failure of public health messaging has also resulted in wanton waste of resources and a missed opportunity to help individuals lead healthier lives through relatively simple, low-cost lifestyle changes. In conclusion of both papers, there is a strong scientific, ethical and moral case to be made that COVID-19 vaccines rollout must stop immediately until raw data has been released for fully independent scrutiny. Looking to the future, the medical and public health professions must recognise these failings and eschew the tainted dollar of the medical industrial complex. It will take a lot of time and effort to restore trust in these institutions, but the future and the health of both the medical profession and humanity depend on it. To read both papers, which are free and open access, please visit insulinresistance.org. Thank you. All right, um, let me uh, make a shout out here to a couple people. I was talking to um, someone, actually it was Nellie Garcia uh, with North Valley Paralegal. She's at 751 Sutter Street. She's helping us with all our paralegal issues. By the way, if you think you need an attorney, most of the times you don't. And you don't need to pay two or three hundred dollars an hour. You can go get it done by a paralegal. And Nellie Garcia is really sharp. She's at seven five one Sutter Street in Yuba City. And you dial her up at five three zero seven five one nine two eight nine seven five one nine two eight nine. All your para, all your legal needs, wills, changes in names, all that kind of stuff, restraining orders, anything you got, she does it all. She called me yesterday. She said, Lou, I, she lives with her parents. And uh, she said, Lou, um, our water's out over here. And uh, we had the construction going on over here next door, and they cut into our water line. And she said that uh, they had uh, the plumbing doctor over there. And I said, oh, that's cool. So they were having an emergency, and uh, that's the plumbing doctor. You can reach them at 530. They're one of our advertisers, 671 They serve Yuba Sutter area. So they were over putting in a new line from the street where the um, – 
the water, Cal Water brings the water up to their meter, and then from the meter on into the house, that you got to put it, you got to keep your own line. So, plumbing doctor was over there, emergency, knocked the water out, knocked the water out of three different houses. So, anyway, then I got a call from uh, Andy Vasquez. Uh, he was looking for a plumber. I think he, I haven't heard back to see how it went. I hope it went okay, but he had a hot water heater and he, he heard some noise. And the hot water heater was like blowing off water. And I guess that's a bad sign. I've had my hot water e heater act weird, and I had to replace it. So he was going to call Thrifty Rooters. Thrifty Rooter. So Thrifty Rooter operates all over Northern California up here. And you can reach them at 530-673-8201. So two of our advertisers, both plumbers, were all active with people that I know involved. Andy Vasquez used to have a show at KMYC, and he said, Lou, Give me one of those numbers. I gave him a couple numbers, Plumbing Doctor and Thrifty Rooter. So I, I don't know which one he'd dial. I think he was going to dial Thrifty Rooter. So 530-673-8201. They're both great operations. The interesting thing about Thrifty Rooter and the Artemico family is that they've been in business for over 40 years, which I just think uh, that's wonderful uh, that somebody is in business for that long. And what a testimony. And uh, they do all kind of work from pumping out septic systems and straightening out septic systems on down to putting in new fixtures in your house, hot water heaters, toilets, sinks, pee traps, all that kind of stuff. So anyway, uh, give these guys a shout out. Also, uh, right down next to Nellie Garcia's place on Sutter Street, just, just a stone's throw is Allen's Auto Body, and he fixes all our cars. And Kevin over there, the owner, Kevin Clark, is like unbelievable. It's like it, it, it was like it came from the factory uh, when he fixed the front of my vehicle and put a new paint job on it, put some new parts on it, put a new paint job. Allen's Auto Body, they're at Tea Garden at Sutter. I'll just give you the coordinates right on the corner. It's a bright yellow stripe around the side of the building. You can't miss it. Allen's Auto Body, they will do you right, and they're kind good people they're really good people so check them out and uh tell them lou sent you over in fact i was telling the other guys that said tell them lou sent you and uh they'll they'll appreciate that so i was talking to you about uh kylie's email and he's talked about that newsom lied which newsom is con you know really politicians lie let's just start there voltaire said the same thing and he said it thousands of years ago <laughs> So, actually, not thousands, but uh, many years ago. Uh, NPR investigation, an astounding 690% lie uh, that Gavin Newsom sh said, oh, I'm, you know, I, I spent all this money and time and effort to stop the out-of-control fires in California. He lied. Then uh, they voted down his gas tax suspension bill. And so four months later, after select committee i was just reading an article on this earlier today we're paying uh you know some place in california are paying about half of what we're paying here in california but generally we're paying two dollars above the national average it's it's absolutely uncalled for i mean we have more gas we have more oil with, uh, from which we make gasoline than any in our state than any other state you think oh how about texas how about oklahoma how about uh, the Bakken shelf up in uh, North Dakota. Yeah, more than there. And out there on the shelf, out, out in the water, all kinds of, the, we got all kinds of natural gas. We have geothermal, we have water. 
and we are going to run out of power. We're going to have to turn off the lights. That's a sign of being a third world country. So then Kylie said, after we exposed Newsom reporting false COVID, you remember when they res- they res- uh, reported COVID facts as wrong and they blamed it on the computer systems, but then they fired the people down there. He said, we exposed Newsom's reporting, you know, and Dr. Fong Lu, Dr. Mengele, she got right in on this reported false, right? Then she blamed it on the state, state blamed it on the computers. And finally, somebody just got fed up and fired people. So uh, they reported false COVID data to the public and Newsom's public health director and legislative affairs director and deputy cabinet secretary all resigned. Isn't that interesting? Shazam. They just up and resigned. All four of them, public health director, legislative affairs director, deputy cabinet direct secretary, all resigned. But Newsom refused to accept one bit of responsibility, and the legislature declined to investigate it. Isn't that convenient, where the legislature just said, oh, yeah, we're with Gavin. We're with Gavin. Whatever Gavin says, we do. It's interesting because I was looking at, uh, you know, the Employment Development Department. We call it EDD in California. Uh, I was looking at a big investigation an FBI, Treasury, IRS, Postal Service. I don't know how many other the alphabet soup of, of agencies investigated Minnesota scam and they stole, people stole $250, 60 $70 million, 49 various uh, people, unscrupulous people. And all these people, it reminded me of the old old days when we had respect for our government agencies. And all these amazingly bright people, forensic bookkeepers, uh, accountants, uh, paper trail people. And they put together, they arrested almost 50 different people scamming the taxpayers of this country in Minnesota. And you know, all but one of them were Somalis. <laughs> I thought they didn't say that in the in the news release, but when I looked it up and started to do some research on it, I found all their names, and oh my goodness, they're all Muslims from from Somalia. And there was one gal at the top, Amy Brock, white gal, right? So, uh, so then I went back because they they stole. They're still finding money gone, but I think they stole two hundred and fifty, sixty, seventy million dollars. But then. I was saying, well, I wonder what happened to that EDD scam because uh, there was all kinds of scams going on with the ET, EDD, and it and uh, and I don't know whether anybody got fired over that. Now, Rita Science, who I met years ago, she was the head of a committee I served on under Gray Davis back in the days before Gray got thrown out of the the Capitol. And let me see if I can find this uh, preparing freedom visit for uh, pointless. I'm trying to look for this article and see if maybe I maybe I don't have it here. Uh, anyway, these Min- Minnesota people. Uh, the the best guess for from. For uh, from some forensic people that are outside of government, 
that the Employment Development Department lost 32 or 33, hold on now, not million, billion, billion dollars. Uh, yeah, here we go. 32 billion. Now, this is this is just a couple of the arrests. They I didn't know whether they'd made any arrests because they brought in Rita Science and Rita Science used to be in the Health and Human Services Department. And I sat on a committee for her back in the Gray Davis days. So I said, oh, I know that name. So I looked her picture up and boy, both of us look older. It's been a lot of years ago. But she served, and she, she served for a couple of years, and she said, I don't want to do this. But she tried to straighten out the mess over there. But anyway, l- let me tell you how they stole money. Because this, uh, you know, I used to know some gals that were in prison down here. And uh, what happened was they the same group of people, like the FBI, the IRS, the Treasury, all these people got together. And uh, so anyway— where did this $32.6 billion go? So anyway, uh, I'm trying to look at these gals' names. Some gals at Valley State Prison for Women. Uh, I'm scrolling here to see if I can. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Come on, man. So the federal grand jury in Fresno returned an indictment involving a prison-based scheme out of the. This is all COVID money, you see. This is at what they call Chowchilla Prison. Inmate Shalonda Thomas and parole, parolee Christina Smith, 37 and 36, were indicted for conspiracy to commit mail fraud and aggravated identity theft charges for the submission of several fraudulent EDD and unemployment insurance claims, da-da-da. And uh, recorded jail calls and emails show that Thomas and others engaged in bundling. That is, they obtained the names, date of birth, and social security numbers of inmates for Chowchilla and relayed that information to Smith on the outside to submit fraudulent claims. The claims were submitted shortly thereafter, and the benefits started to roll in. They started getting money on those charge cards, those EBT-type cards, right? So they suffered a loss. EDD lost $200,000 with money going to inmates at Chowchilla Prison. How about that? In the second scheme, Andrea Gervais, all these women, remember I used to, you know, years ago with, with uh, COVID, Sorry, years ago when I was doing live radio at KMYC before I did a podcast, I used to keep track of all the embezzlements and 99.999999 were all women. And I was I'm, I was impartial. I'm just doing them as I found them. In the second scheme, Andrea Gervais, 43 of Roseville, California, former employment department employee, participated in mail fraud. She filed uh, 100 fraudulent pandemic unemployment assistance or PUA claims in various people's names. According to criminal complaint, these 12 of the 100 claims were processed for payment and over $200,000 in PUA benefits were paid out to Ms. Gervais. Uh, Then uh, there was another one. Uh, The investigation began when investigators discovered a PUA claim using the identity of a sitting United States senator for approximately $21,000. In other words, there was an unemployment claim out of California. I wonder if that was Dianne Feinstein or Kamala Harris. Couldn't have been for somebody else. Had to be a United States senator in California, eh? Fraudulent came was processed for payment, and Gervais received a PUA debit card in the United States senator's name. 
Investigation further discovered that the Bank of America ATM cameras captured Gervais on multiple occasions withdrawing cash from at least seven of the PUA debit cards. So they, uh, so that's just, but they just caught, you know, that's not even, we're talking about missing $32.6 billion. And so this guy, he is a forensic super duper, a sleuth. And he said that that money is not coming back. It's out of the country. His name is, where is his name? Haywood Talcove. I thought, oh, he's a sleuth. Haywood Talcove, CEO of Lexus Nexus Risk Solutions, government division. He checks the dark web for examples of fraud against EDD. And he immediately can just find stuff. He could go in there and steal money if you wanted. And he said, that money is long gone, baby. Those are crime fraud people, and the EDD wasn't smart enough. And But the big, the big ripoff was an outfit called Feeding Our Future. In other words, they, this was a food program in Minnesota to feed children. That's it. Hungry children. And so, you know, they... They uh, set up these food outlets, cook cook meals, prepare meals, and then they build the the, the uh, feed our future. They build them and feed our future. Build the federal government, and uh, they were feeding hundreds of thousands, according to them, kids per day. And uh, so let me just so when they finally did this research, which has been going on, going by every alphabet soup of all these eight. And I watched them on YouTube. They it was impressive, man. It was like the old IRS, the old FBI, man. These guys were throwing down and it wasn't like chasing down 80 year old men's in their pajamas in the middle of the night with AK-47s with CNN running around with them. So they arrested Amy Bach, 41, Apple Valley, founder and executive director of Feeding Our Future. There's 47 Somalis. This gal, 39, employee of Feeding Our Future. Salim Said, 33 of Plymouth, owner and operator of Safari Restaurant. Abdukak Kadir Salah, 36, owner and operator of Safari Restaurant. Ahmed Hashim, uh, known as Salah Daniel of Minneapolis, creator of Olive Management. This is such an amazing scam, and I I don't know whether they're going to have a whole prison for just Somalis. It's unbelievable. All these people, everything's a scam. The businesses were frauds. They were fronts. They didn't feed people. They had all these names. Where did they get those names? I didn't know. You you, you know that you can go on. You can go on. uh, A website and just ask for names. Like if you wanted to figure out a name for your kid, you're going to have. And they just downloaded thousands of names and just fraudulently fabricated all these kids. Because when they took the names, they'd say, well, I wonder what happened to the kids that went to the schools in those neighborhoods. And they couldn't hardly find anybody that went to the schools. They said, well, where did these kids come from? Right. So, you know what I'm talking about. So anyway, we're talking 40. uh, They got multiple indictments. So we got Faria Mohammed, Bloomington principal and chief executive officer at Dua Supplies and Distribution. Right, he got arrested. Uh, Sharmak Isa, creator and company called Minnesota's Somali Community and manager of Wacon Restaurant, LLC. Anab Artan Awad, 
president of multiple community services. Uh, Haji Osman Salad, Salad, a principal of Haji's Kitchen. There's a couple of them out here. I mean, they got a bunch of these people work for Bravo Restaurant. Then we got uh, down here at the bottom, we got Makfira Hussein, who was charged after buying one-way ticket to Ethiopia that was set to leave on the evening of September 20th. He's taking his money and run, baby. And uh, Mohammed Noor, a prominent community journalist and owner of Zagmal Media Media Group in Minneapolis, also goes by Deke Durajo. Uh, authorities arrested him September 26th in Chicago as he was on his way to Istanbul. Man, these people, they said they were buying cars, jewelry, houses, property all over the world with this money. Isn't that amazing? I just think it's amazing. So uh, that's just some of our code. Some of our COVID money ended up in the pockets of our supervisors. Did you know that? They they ran their businesses. They didn't they didn't they were shutting down their business. They ran their businesses and the government did the payroll for them. They paid them three hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, one hundred fifty thousand, while they were still getting their their supervisors pay. Yeah, have you ever been? Uh, oh, let's see. I'm I'm running out of time here. I've just got a minute left on this fourth segment. Uh let me go up here and give a shout out to one of one of our sponsors here, uh, Dave Greenitz. Working with him this weekend at at the East Street Project. We're getting close. We're trying to get some people to help tidy up and fix the small stuff. Greenitz Construction. He's leading the charge this weekend. Ted Holmes is in Texas, and uh, GreenitzConstruction.com. I just saw they did a bathroom where the guys couldn't find the exact tile the people wanted. So what they did is they actually took epoxy and and uh, these uh, little stones and they made them tile themselves. They made commercial tile by hand to make this line, this kind of this accent line through the shower. Totally cool. Greenitzconstruction.com or you can go to Dave Greenitz Construction Facebook page and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about before and afters and the cool work that they do. So if, and you can you can email them or you can send them a message off those sites or you can call them or text them at 530-682-9602. If you're going to spend 5, 10, 20, 30, $40,000 on a kitchen or bath, you want it done right and if you want it done right and perfect and beautiful, call Greenitz Construction. They'll take you take you to the moon and back. You won't even want to live the, leave the bathroom once you get in there after they fix it up. All right, so we're going to take a break, and we're going to do our fifth segment here in a second. Everybody here is out of sight, but they don't bark and they don't bite. They keep things loose, they keep things alive. Everybody was dancing in the moonlight. Dancing in the moonlight. I'm a member of the mainstream media and naturally a leftist. And we want to alert you to some changes that are being made. Do you love God? Do you love your family? Do you love your country? Well, if you answered yes to any of those questions, 
then you are now considered a fascist. We have decided to completely change the definition of fascism. Why? Well, because we can. Before we changed the definition, fascism relied on an enlarged government with a dictator at the helm that used the state to enforce their edicts. But you see, we like big government and we don't like people that don't like big government. So we're changing the definition of fascism to anyone that loves God, loves their family, and loves their country. Are you confused? You should be. We're trying to confuse you. We just want you to know that anyone we call a fascist is a very bad person and you should hate them. You mentioned about the criminal element inside the homelessness. Can you explain to us how does it work? A lot of people are careful when they talk about homeless, right? They never want to say bad choices were the reason that they're homeless because you'll get a lot of scrutiny from that. But your criminal element, it's every bit of bad choices that put them there. So, you know, and I want to make that distinction. Not all homeless are criminals, but you do have a criminal element there and they got there because of the bad choices of using drugs, committing crimes, whatever it is, to get put in that place. The criminal element really runs the homeless world. I mean, if you looked at the Santa Ana Riverbed, you would see bi bicycle carcasses everywhere. And, you know, the criminal element made money by stealing those bicycles. And there are some people that buy high-end bicycles from the criminals. And so the criminals, they buy drug possession, drug sales. That's how they make their money. They make their money off the vulnerable because somebody with a mental illness may need drugs just to self-medicate. So, okay, hey, go steal me that bike. I'll give you some drugs and we'll call it even. COVID-19 and SARS-CoV-2 was a coup d'etat. And let me be precise about what I mean by that. Sedition in the United States is actually defined very simply by when any act is done by a conspiring party or group of parties that's intent is to disrupt or interrupt or overtake the government of a state or a country. And under 18 U.S. Code, the act of sedition was in fact a coup d'etat to ensure that there would not be a democracy in 2018. Okay? And I'm going to present across the next few minutes the evidence of that. And I'm going to end my presentation with a challenge to you. Because during my presentation, the 30 minutes that I have is going to cost two children their life because of the inaction of every attorney general in America, because of the inaction of every U.S. attorney, and because of the inaction of every governor in this country. But my grandfather said, never attribute to malevolence what is ignorance. So in the next 30 minutes, I'm giving every elected official the opportunity to do the right thing. And after 30 minutes, I'm not going to give them that opportunity again. So you got Mr. Nice Guy for 30 minutes. Next. Now... 
most of you don't know the details of all of the elements. And the good news is I'm going to flip through these slides very quickly because the end of the story is the important part of the story. But for those of you who don't know, COVID is a direct result of HIV, Inc. HIV, Inc. was founded in 1984. Anthony Fauci was the chief architect of HIV, Inc., and his goal was to use sexuality, and specifically homosexuality, as a way to indoctrinate humanity into the acceptance of a universal vaccine mandate. Now, interestingly enough, most of us didn't take the bait. And the reason we didn't is because we didn't live the lifestyles that were associated with HIV in 1984. But cunningly, by 1986, Anthony Fauci and his team at NIAID and his minions at the CDC had convinced each and every one of us that maybe we would be in a car accident, maybe we would get a transfusion, and maybe we would get AIDS, which was the justification for a universal HIV vaccine in 1984. It's going to get nasty because I'm going to show you some real images from 1984 just to let you see that what I'm saying is not my imagination. But in 1984, something happened. People realized that to accept a universal vaccine, we needed to create a liability shield for the manufacturers of those vaccines. And from 1984 to 1986, we actually built the first ever product immunity in the United States, which allowed manufacturers to kill people with intent. And you heard what I just said, kill people with intent. Anthony Fauci was quoted himself as saying that the ultimate killer of pharmaceutical interventions with vaccines was the smallpox vaccine, which killed one in every 100,000 and injured or maimed one in every 10,000. Did you hear what I just said? Killed one in 100,000, maimed one in 10,000. And that was something that he thought he could turn into a universal vaccine for HIV in 1986. I don't know what an acceptable death rate is for you people, but an acceptable death rate for any product anywhere in the history of humanity, in my definition, is zero. But then a little dirty secret came along. Somebody at NIH said, hey, Tony, cool your jets, baby. We have this drug called AZT. And we don't want a vaccine too quickly. We want to kill people with AIDS, with AZT. So let's run the clock on it. And the state of North Carolina, and by the way, if you're from North Carolina or you've done anything in North Carolina, you got tar on your heels and blood on your hands. Because the state of North Carolina, since 1986, has been brought to you by HIV, Inc. That's a bummer. I think I just lost the elected officials in North Carolina. Shoot, I couldn't even make it through a presentation. UNC Chapel Hill began the weaponization of coronavirus in 1986. But by 1996, Anthony Fauci had a little plan. Coronavirus, as a model, has a very interesting set of attractive attributes, which include this very interesting thing called a spike protein and a couple other binding sites where the virus allegedly binds to the outside of the cell. 
And it turns out that Ralph Barrick at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill was the very first person to figure out how to take a pathogen which used to be an infection of the gut, gastroenteritis. For over 30 years, coronavirus was gastroenteritis. But Ralph Barrick figured out how to weaponize it. And not weaponize the virus, weaponize the spike protein. And he was the one that figured out how to make a thing that used to hit your gut, hit your heart. That was gain of function, ladies and gentlemen, the thing that we never did, allegedly. He did it, and in 1996, he received a grant, and then a series of grants in 1999 by Anthony Fauci to actually weaponize the coronavirus spike protein so it could be used as a vaccine vector with the idea that it would be the next HIV vaccine. That's when I started watching this. I've been a locust-eating prophet in the wilderness because my first briefing on this was in 1999. My first intelligence briefing on this was in 2003 in a published document that I have sitting on my desk to remind me that sometimes being right isn't as good as being effective. It turns out I was right in 2003, and unfortunately, I wasn't effective. But Fauci ran into another problem. And in 1999 to 2002, and patented by the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and conveniently in the fall of 2018, do you all remember the, the big coronavirus outbreak of 2018? No, that's because there wasn't one. Um, but in an unprecedented move, the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, was forced to sign their SARS vaccine patent from UNC Chapel Hill back to NIH. By the way, that hasn't been done. But they did it in the fall of 2018. Does it feel like they were preparing for something? Next slide. Now, do not read this slide because I used to hate professors who put reading charts and eye exams on slides. <laughs> Don't read it. With any luck, Clay Clark can figure out how to make all of this presentation available to you, and I hope he does because that's what it's for. But in 1984, we created the vaccine nightmare, and we let Anthony Fauci have $191 billion. And you heard the number right, billion. We've been told about $3.7 million going to China, and we're supposed to be upset about that. How about $191 billion of your taxpayer money that has gone to weaponize nature against humans? $191 billion. And let's, let's do the, the little walkthrough, shall we? 1984, we invent the vaccines for HIV, which led to death and permanent disability to over 50% of the participants. But that was okay because they were gay. That was okay. And it gets worse, okay? 2001, you remember the anthrax scare, the domestic terrorism scare? Did anybody know that the U.S. military in the spring of 2001 
ordered 300 million doses of ciprofloxacin. 300 million doses. Now, we have a pretty compelling army in this country, but with all due respect, 300 million sounds like an every citizen in America. It doesn't sound like every member of the U.S. military. And how is it that at least five months before anthrax was released, we ordered 300 million doses of the treatment called ciprofloxacin from a, oh, that's right, a German company called Bayer. That's, by the way, when I started busting these stories because it turns out that this wasn't the only pathogen that was being developed by the Department of Defense. And it was interesting because in the early 2000s, I started seeing coronavirus show up in a bunch of DARPA contracts and a bunch of DOD contracts, and I'm sitting there going, why would we be doing that? Why would we be taking a thing which was for dogs and porcine, that's pigs, by the way, that's a scientific term for pigs, Think bacon, you got it. Um, pigs and, and various other vertebrates. Why would we suddenly be trying to weaponize that and make it hit human lung epithelial cells and human cardiac cells? Why would we be doing that? And why would the Defense Department be doing that? Is that where you expect to go to kind of get your kind of basic treatment programs? No! And you don't go there because it sounds like a weapon system if it's being funded by billions of dollars of Defense Department black contracts, doesn't it? Or is that Dave the conspiracy theorist? Well, let's jump into my favorite 2006, sorry, 2014, 16 protocol, the AMP protocol. The AMP protocol has a line that I absolutely love. This was when we decided to let the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill develop the HIV vaccine. And it turns out that read what they said about this protocol. It will take place in sites, 24 sites, in Brazil, Peru, and the United States, and will enroll 2,700 men and transgender people who have sex with men. What? That's, by the way, straight out of the protocol. If you don't believe what I say about the fact that Fauci has no concern for human life, but is more than happy to kill people who most people think shouldn't live anyhow, guess what happens? We start introducing the camel's nose under the tent, and we start saying it's okay to kill people in the advancement of science. Now listen, people, listen carefully. I am not advocating for any lifestyle, but what I am saying is that when you've decided that you're playing God and that there is a person by any designation that doesn't deserve to live, you left humanity. Period. If any of you see my wife, you know I'm very heterosexual and very happy. But that doesn't justify making a determination that somebody who doesn't share my values is worth killing in the name of HIV, Inc. Let's be clear on that. And then 2016, 2019, and by the way, look at 2019. The hepatitis C vaccine, which guess what has to do with um, hmm, 
Yeah, another sexual contact story that they tried to turn into. They were killing people that are promiscuous and usually gay and promiscuous, so we don't care about that. I'd love for some of the, the bleeding heart left to actually realize that they're the ones celebrating the execution of the people who they allegedly represent. I think that would be a very interesting proposition because maybe somewhere along the line, we should actually go back to 1984 and look at the ghost of Anthony Fauci in this slide, by the way. If you see the slide that's on the screen, what you'll see is 1984 Anthony Fauci. No kidding, that's what he looked like in 1984. He still looked like that center from the high school basketball team. What? I'm going to tell you, if I had to bet on a basketball team and I knew that Anthony Fauci was the captain of that team in high school, I'd bet against him. And guess what? I'd bet against him now, too, because the dirty little secret is he actually made the statement. It is quite possible. In fact, it's invariable that we will develop a vaccine for AIDS. Now, you know, sometimes there's things called Freudian slips. People say things and they didn't mean to say it. So I want to give him credit. He probably misspoke. He probably meant to say it's inevitable that we'll do it. But he didn't say that. He said it's invariable that we do it. And it turns out that if you look at the definition of the word invariable, you know what it means? I'm never going to stop doing a thing. Welcome back. Uh, I hope that this all worked out in my planning. You listened to David Martin. And uh, we played the first half there. And then the next time, next, next go around, we're going to play the second half, which is a little shorter, but it's going to be a mind blower for you. But I wanted to mention uh, uh, Elite Universal Security, who's keep it, trying to keep a lid on the homeless and the thefts and the tweakers and the fentanyl people and all the crazy people that are taking drugs and losing their minds. Elite Universal Security uh, operating out of Yuba County, but operating all over Northern California, all the counties up north here. So if you're listening to this from another county other than Yuba Sutter, you might want to give a call if you want a job part-time, full-time. They will train you how to be one of their guards, one of their patrol people. You don't necessarily have to pack a weapon. Uh, but they will teach you to do that if you want to do that. But they will use you in the area that you're uh, you're living, possibly. So you can reach them at 530-749-0280, 749-0280. They have dispatchers there because they're a round-the-clock operation. Uh, they also uh, are looking for work, right? Uh, so they're using workers. They got more jobs, and they're also uh, looking for new clients. So if you're a commercial business, uh, if you're a uh, industrial uh, worker, you know, industrial plant where you've got properties, there people are stealing your property, stealing stuff off your vehicles, off your tractors, off your equipment. Somebody told me the other day somebody was stealing copper off something. I can't remember what it was. But, uh, or if you're a farmer and people are stealing your fuel, on and on and on, everything is valuable. Sometimes here in, in uh, our area, they steal walnuts. They're very valuable. Almonds, they steal pro products right out of the fields. So Elite Universal Security can help you with that. They can help you with technology on how to stop people, how to watch, and how to record people, etc. So Elite Universal Security, you can reach them at EliteUniversalSecurity.com or API-Academy.com. They'll, they'll teach you. They'll, you can do some of the schooling even online possibly. They have, uh, they have their own... Uh, shooting courses 
they have their own range. They they have a lot going on. So five three zero seven four nine zero two eight zero. And also, I want to mention Dr. Cassidy, who uh, is working together. I'm working actually with him helping get people into rehabs. We're getting calls every single week. I just got a call from a guy in Portland said, Hey, I have a friend down in Marysville area. She needs to get into a rehab. She's using opiates. Can you give us some references, help her hook up? And I did that this week. So Peachtree health is where we're referring people. Uh, the key person there is Dr. Joe Cassidy. He's a, a, a general practitioner, but he also specializes uh, with people that have addiction problems of all types of addiction from cigarettes, alcohol, on up to the chemicals. So give him a shout out. Call Peachtree Health at 530-749-3242. Dr. Joe Cassidy, 749-3242. If you have problems getting through on the line, you could text his phone once during the day and uh, put in your name, your phone number, and what the issue is. I just put addiction and 530-682-8648-682-8648. If ever he doesn't respond, sometimes he leaves town for a while. He's going overseas to visit a, a son uh, pretty soon, maybe in November, I think. But anyway, uh, if you ever have a problem, just just you can dial me up, text me, or call me at 530-713-1838. also want to mention uh, that some friends of mine, Kathleen and Linda, opened up gateway coin and bullion you know with all the shaking going on regarding the dollar and people saying oh we're going to go off the dollar we're going on to digital there's a there's a coup going on in the country so these two young ladies opened up gateway coin and bullion right around the corner from me at 1015 f in marysville it's right off 10th street on f street in marysville uh they are it seems like they're open every single day, but I think it's Monday through Saturday, Monday through Friday, 10 to 5, Saturday, 10 to 3. But they're having an open house. They had one last Saturday, this Saturday, the same. They're giving away stuff so you can go in and, and uh, throw in something to win, uh, put in your name to win. They're selling all kinds of stuff, not just coin and bullion, but they also have nice jewelry and um, all kinds of cool stuff here. I got a card to that uh, looks really great. Go check it out. You might find something, a good gift for your uh, loved one, your daughter, your your uh, spouse, and uh, help them get started. We're going to take a break and be right back. Fifty CEOs throughout the state randomly. It's question, extensive questionnaire. We asked on a five-point scale, what's the environment in California uh, for doing business? Five being best, one being worst. Two-thirds of the respondents checked off one and two, the lowest measures. Then, even more startling and worrisome is the fact that when we asked how are you planning to move out of the state? Those, the, these are the 150 CEOs. Are you giving any thought 
to moving your company outside of California. These are companies now in California. And 42% responded they are considering moving out of the state. 42%. These are companies here. And these CEOs, 42% said they're thinking of moving. And another 18% said that they can't move, but if they could, they would move. But he didn't say that. He said it's invariable that we do it. And it turns out that if you look at the definition of the word invariable, you know what it means? I'm never going to stop doing a thing. Uh-oh. You think we're talking about an, a, a COVID vaccine right now? No. We're still talking about Anthony Fauci's fantasy of an AIDS vaccine. Don't make a mistake by being fooled. Next slide. Here's the problem. 1984, he had an epic fail. He tried to make an AIDS vaccine, didn't work. 2005, he tried to do H5N1, epic fail. People died, didn't work, people didn't roll up their sleeves, epic fail. And then a bummer of an opportunity came along. In 2018, we actually did have an influenza pandemic. We had a lot of people that died. And guess what we didn't do? We didn't shut down countries. We didn't shut down borders. We didn't shut down schools or churches or anything else. We just let people die. And it was seen inside of NIAID as a lost opportunity. Dead people was a lost opportunity. So what he did was he figured out something. And he gave the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill a grant to create a pathogen so that we could actually get, and I'm quoting, the public to accept the need for a pan-coronavirus vaccine. We need the media to create the hype to get to the real issues. We need to use that hype to our advantage. Investors will follow if they see profit at the end of the process. That's a quote. National Academy of Sciences, Peter Daszak, 2015, published in the February 2016 Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. This was not a public health problem. This was a bio-warfare act of domestic terrorism meted out on the citizens of the United States and the people of the world. And it was not a lab leak from China. It was not a lab leak from anywhere. It was an intentional weaponization of the spike protein and it is murder, and we will call it what it is. It was murder then, and it's premeditated murder, and we have to be clear on the fact. In fact, never use the word vaccine again. That's like saying that a gun is a propellant of copper. No, it isn't. It's a gun. Call it what it is. Next slide. And here's where it gets nasty. You guys know the guy on the right. What you don't know is the guy on the left. And here's the story you don't know about the guy on the left. The guy on the left is Alex Azar. Now, what you don't know about the guy on the left is the guy in the portrait further to the left is even a bigger problem, Henry Waxman. Henry Waxman, the, um, the, the, the patron saint of caring about health who was the one that made sure every pharmaceutical company got a shield of liability so they could never be held accountable. That Henry Waxman had a very interesting guy appointed by Trump in 2017, Alex Azar, director of the Department of Health and Human Services. 
What Trump didn't know, what you didn't know, what most of America didn't know was Alex Azar was an executive, not a physician, an executive at Eli Lilly. And at the time of his appointment, he happened to be under investigation for price fixing diabetes drugs in Mexico. Hmm. Hmm. In fact, during his now found to be collusion and racketeering and price fixing and antitrust violation, which turned out to be held to be exactly what I just said. While he was actually trying to deflect attention from the racketeering that he was doing by price fixing insulin in Mexico, he actually made President Trump sign an order that was the execution order for Americans. And President Trump was advised by appointed individuals who never told him the facts. This, ladies and gentlemen, was treason. This was treason. And anybody who wants to point the finger at Donald Trump, the best you can do is say he was subject to corruption and maliciousness and treason and traitors within his circle. That's true. But when he signed this, he did not know the cost. He did not know. And the persons who did know was the lobby, P-H-R-M-A, the pharma lobby, the single largest donor in U.S. history to political campaigns. They were the puppets that actually put that paper in front of Donald Trump. And Alex's R. Alex Azar was the executive responsible for the death and destruction of America. And you have not even heard his name because criminals like to put other people up front while they hide in the shadows. Well, guess what we're not going to let happen today? A lobbyist turned executive turned architect of, oh my gosh, under the Bush administration, Alex Azar was the one who also came up with the PREP Act, which actually shielded companies from liability in the event of a national emergency. Alex Azar is the perpetrator of the largest genocide this country has ever seen, and you do not know his name, but that just changed today. Amen. Oops, that was my out loud voice. And it turns out he's the boss of Anthony Fauci, he's the boss of CDC, he's the boss of NIAID, he's the boss of NIH, he's the boss of the FDA, and guess what? He's the first guy that the FBI should cuff, lock up, and put in prison for the rest of his life. That's our target. And don't think I'm actually advocating justice for the sake of justice. I'm advocating justice because the minute we actually have the first felony conviction, the first time, the emergency use authorization vanishes because it turns out that the emergency use authorization cannot stand if the basis of it was a felony. And that's written into the law. We have one focus. We have one silver bullet. And I am waiting for one AG in this country to stand up and be accountable for the lives that are being lost because while I'm talking, two children 
died because they're being murdered by a collusion racket, which is like having Al Capone drive through the streets of Chicago and shoot into a school. You wouldn't sit for that, but you have sat for this. Well, guess what? Not after this. From now on, every hour that you do not follow the instructions I have at the end of this speech, for every hour that you don't take action, another two children die. And I want you to go to bed tonight asking yourself, did you pay attention or are you cool with two kids dying every hour? I want you to sleep on that. I want you to sleep with that. Because on my watch, that ain't going to happen. Now, I may be David, and I may have a couple of river stones, which I'm going to share with you. And we got a Goliath that we got to work with. That's okay. But let's do the next slide, because i got a punchline, and I'm going to get on schedule, in fact, ahead of schedule. I'm going to end early to respect the next speakers. So here we go. That slide. Here's the deal, guys. You're going to share this slide, so I don't have to talk about it, right? We're going to figure out a way to share the slide? Awesome. So you don't, I don't have to talk about it because I do have to talk about this. There are two websites right now, by any grace of God, in the next five minutes or 10 minutes or hour, there's gonna be 100 websites like this because what I conveniently did for every attorney general, for every US attorney, for every law enforcement agent in, a in this country, what I did was I go, went ahead and drafted the indictment notice. The United States of America, V. And let's read it out because that's all the time I have. United States of America, V. Alex Azar, defendant. Anthony Fauci, defendant. Peter Daszak, defendant. Ralph Barrick, defendant. FDA, defendant. Start saying it with me, brothers and sisters. CDC, defendant. NIAID, defendant. Moderna, defendant. Pfizer, defendant. We are going to do the following. You're going to go to that website, davidmartin.world or fullyliveacademy.com. There's a button that says AG document. You are going to print that document and you're going to deliver it to every attorney general in every state. You're going to deliver it to every U.S. attorney. You are going to put them on notice that from this day forward and literally from this minute forward, every death is on their hands because they can do something about it. And they have chosen now four times in four meetings, they have chosen to say, Dave, this is a political, not a legal issue. And that's a quote from AG's offices. Make it a legal issue. And if they haven't made it a legal issue, if you haven't heard that the AG met with me, make it a political issue next year. Because this is our country. These are our children. And we will not let them die on our watch. Ladies and gentlemen, we the people can do something. You now are entrusted with much. And to quote that beautiful narrative in the Gospels, when you have been entrusted with much, even more is required. Guess what? I just gave you the river stones. There's an eight count indictment, all felonies, all punishable by up to 99 years in prison and up to a hundred million dollar fine. And, and I'm gonna tell you today that anybody who works with me on this case has to agree to the following. All of the proceeds that we get from the collections of this lawsuit, and I mean all of them, are going to go to a vaccine injury fund 
that does not require anyone to prove that the vaccine did anything because it turns out that every mother, every father that has a vaccination injured child, whether it was caused by it or associated with it, those people need our help. And every dollar that is ever collected is going to go to make sure that we the people honor the fact that real humans have suffered under the hands of a colluding set of conspirators who now it's on us to make sure go away forever. hope you enjoy those clips. Uh, we have just a few minutes here, and I wanted to mention something that I was going to earlier. I got too many things on my mind, uh, but uh, this Monday night, which I believe is the third, uh, there is a Tea Party Patriot meeting, Feather River Tea Party, I believe it's called, and they meet at uh, Crossroads Community Church in Yuba City usually. I think that's where they meet, but the, the big deal I wanted to mention about it is that they have... Uh, a few hundred members, and they were doing a big elections um, discussion and having candidates there. And I think it starts at 6 or 6.30 uh, in the evening on Monday night. And so the Sutter County Board of Supervisors uh, scheduled a meeting at the same time to promote Measure A and have a new fire engine there. And to try to rally support. And so Larry Verga, who has been one of the leaders in the uh, Tea Party movement in the two counties, uh, wrote a letter to the supervisors complaining. Now, here's the hypocrisy and the underhandedness and the fraud of the supervisors. The supervisors have been for a long time meeting in the middle of the day. So people can so it's convenient for them and convenient for the employees of Sutter County. It is not convenient for parents and workers to attend and redress their grievances to the supervisors in the middle of the day, particularly when it's time to pick up your kids from school. People have complained to the supervisors for years, asking them to move it to the evening. And so lo and behold, when they want to promote something that's really important to them and they want the public's support, they don't want the public's help or their public's input in in general, so they have their meetings in the middle of the day, so they can't come. But when they really want their the people's support, right? It's kind of like it's like politicians want to make it really easy. Like I got an open door policy; just call me anytime. Here's my numbers. Here's my email. Here's my text. When they're running for office, then when they get in office, you can't find them. They don't return their calls. So same thing. The Board of Supervisors, they want to rally support to get millions and millions more dollars each year uh, from the populace. So instead of having a meeting at 7 in the morning or 10 in the morning or 3.30 in the afternoon, they schedule it at in the evening when most people could actually come to a meeting. The interesting thing is they also schedule it in direct conflict with the with all the people running for office and people coming out. Uh, to uh, 
campaign for office. So I just wanted to point out the hypocrisy. Also wanted to mention that the uh, you remember when Roe versus Wade was reversed, it didn't change the ability to get abortion. It just said the federal government was going to get out of the abortion business pro or con. And it's up to the states. So many states, when the, the federal government said we're not going to force abortion, we're going to stay out of the abortion debate. Many states have said we don't support abortion at all and we're out. California is now opened up to be an abortion tourism. And uh, so it's an interesting thing. There was a lot of violence. Uh, 27 pregnancy centers were attacked. Our local one here was attacked twice. Windows broken out. Damage was done to the building. A contractor had to be hired to do the repairs. No one in the United States has been arrested for any of the violent attacks on any of the pregnancy centers uh, since that time. However, the other day, uh, an abortion activist, there's a Catholic family, they have seven children, totally amazing. You know, it's the same type of deal that they got all the the, uh, CNN, they got all the cameras, they showed up in the middle of the night, uh, and they showed up with guns uh, open, pointed, pointed guns at children and, and the parents. These people uh, don't even necessarily have any guns. But this is a peaceful pro-life activist. He's an author. He's a, a father of, of, as I mentioned, seven. His name's Mark Houck. His house was raided by the guesstimate was between 25 and 30 armed FBI agents. Do you think that's odd? They pounded on the door and yelled at the family to open it. Kids obviously heard. They began to cry. They be, they were afraid. Uh, so uh, the FBI, again, I, I mentioned how they did some amazing things recently in busting these fraud, fraudulent people, but uh, they arrested um, Mark Halk for shoving uh, an abortion escort uh, at an abortion clinic where he was doing sidewalk counseling and praying ahead of, uh, in front of the place. His son uh, was with him, his 12-year-old son, and the, the, uh, this escort that has a dislike for Mark Houck began to yell at his 12-year-old son, calling his father a faggot and a number of other names until he kept intimidating the boy and to the point that Mark pushed the guy back. So um, nothing was done about it. Law enforcement didn't see a reason to prosecute. There was a uh, a civil suit filed by the uh, the supposed victim, which was thrown out of court. So since nobody did anything, Merrick Garland now has sent 25 FBI agents to make an example of this guy who uh, no one could find any issue with uh, except Merrick Garland. Uh, so it says, no, Mark Houck isn't a domestic terrorist, isn't a jihadist, isn't a violent felon. He's a 48-year-old husband, father of seven, co-founder and president of the King's Men, a Catholic ministry that aims at spiritually mentoring young men. He's a well-known pro-life author and sidewalk counselor committed to doing God's work, et cetera, et cetera, in downtown Philadelphia, uh, as much as six to eight hours at a time. So his son was being re- uh, you know, uh, harassed by this uh, guy and actually this very liberal Soros uh, backed DA of Philadelphia, Larry Krasner, who typically would have jumped all over this, did not. uh, He refused to file even misdemeanor charges. But now the FBI has got uh, a pro-life activist 
in its sights, even though they they did not find anybody that had uh, attacked all these pro-life centers. That's it for this week. Uh, Lord willing, we'll be back next week. Do something good for somebody. trees are green red roses too I see them bloom for me and you and I think to myself what a wonderful world I see skies are blue The bright blessed day and the dark sacred night and I think to myself